holidays, I'm chasing after what won't last. I'm done with building these castles that crumble like sand. Oh, knees on the floor, I finally found it.
morning. We welcome you to Christ the Cornerstone. Will you stand? We welcome our in-house audience. We welcome our online audience. We thank you for joining us today. We thank you for being with us today. God is on the throne. Amen. God is on the throne. Amen. Come on, let's give him some praise in this house. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you. We honor you. We give you praise and glory and honor. We've come to worship you in spirit and in truth today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. We need no other hiding place. Our hope is safe within your name. This we know. This we know. You promise never to forsake. What you began, you will sustain. This we know. This we know. Come on, I will call. And I will call upon the of the heavens and the earth announce the fullness of your word this we know this we know
sing it now I will and I will call upon the Lord for he alone is strong enough to save and rise your shackles are no in your life this morning, would you give him praise? God, we worship you for the bondages that you break in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for the deliverance that you bring every single day to our lives. God, we honor you and we worship you today. Lord, we thank you that when you break bondages, you do it for real and you do it for sure and you do it forever. So, God, we honor you today. And Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for Paul and Silas and the example that we see in them. You know, Paul and Silas were in prison, but not for breaking the law. They were in prison for preaching the gospel. And in that moment when they were in jail, asking the Lord to deliver them, you want to know what they began to do? They began to thank the Lord and give him praise and honor in anticipation of being delivered. And then when the deliverance came, they still had a choice to make. Because when the chains were loosed and they were set free, they had the choice. They could either sit there in their bondage or they could get up and walk out. And that's the same choice we have this morning. God has set us free. God has set us free this morning. Amen? And the choice that we have is to get up and walk out because He is a mighty God. Amen? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we honor you. We worship you today. Because above all, Your name is higher. Your name is greater. We can praise you. The wind is watching every gesture of your hand. Waves of fear collapse at your command. I know tomorrow when the pressure rushes in, you'll be Rescue me again. And what a mighty God, what a mighty God you are. What a mighty God, what a mighty God you presence, Lord. Here in your presence, there will be no other throne. All my heart is yours and yours alone. The song of heaven and my soul will sing the same. Jesus Christ, the name above all
Come on and give Him praise. Lord, You are a mighty God. Oh, You are a mighty God. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We love to quote that verse at Christmas time, don't we? But that's true all year long. He came to be with us, Emmanuel, right? But He is forever the mighty God, the everlasting Father. And He is here with us this morning. Amen? Whether we're in the building or whether you're watching us online, He is with us. And God, we thank You that we can spend a few moments in Your presence, sitting at Your feet, honoring You, glorifying You for who You are and all that You've done. Your presence. 
before you today, O oh Lord. The name that is above every name. The name of Jesus is greater than cancer. It's greater than sin. It's greater than anything that's in our lives that is pulling us down. We celebrate you today, O oh Lord. church. Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah, Jesus. There is a sweet, sweet presence of the Lord in the house today. Whenever we hear good, godly Christian music like that, you can be assured the Lord is nearby. We come into his presence, Psalm 100 says, in singing, in music. He loves our songs. He loves the psalms. When they're spoken or when they're sung, they're praising him. And the Lord inhabits his praise. 
There is a sweet, sweet spirit in the house of God today. We thank Bill and Debbie, Pastor Bill and Debbie, and the rest of the praise group for their wonderful music. Amen. Hallelujah. We know it has pleased God. And church, we want to be in God's presence as much as we possibly can. We need to be God seekers these days especially. That's where the safety is. That's where the light is. The light penetrates the darkness of this world, John chapter 1 says. And the darkness comprehends it not. And Jesus is the light. Amen. Seek his presence. Put on the garment of praise. And you will feel him imbue you in your presence. I want to read to you Psalm 16. It speaks of the presence of God. And why it is so important that we find that place in him. Psalm 16. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. Praise God. You make my lot secure, Lord. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delighted inheritance in you. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Church, can you say that? I will not be shaken. Amen. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. Nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. Messianic prophecy there. You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence and with eternal pleasures at your right hand. I will be blessed. Thank God for his presence and for his promises unto us when we seek it. Let us go before the Lord to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so grateful, so thankful that you are our Father. That you are our hiding place. That the name of the Lord is still a strong tower that the righteous can run into these days. Just like in days of old. And be safe. Lord, we need you more than ever before in our lives. We need you. We need you just to breathe. You tell that to us in your word. That our very next breath and all of our ways are in your hands. But how so much more now, Lord, than ever before. Thank you for the breath in our lungs. Thank you for the life in our bodies. Thank you for each and every heartbeat. Thank you for our downsetting last night and our upsetting. For the blessings that you bestow upon us daily that we sometimes don't recognize. From the rising of the sun until the going down of the same. You have watched over us and enabled us. And we thank you right now, dear God. We want to be the one in ten that came back and said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for blessing me. 
Lord, we ask that you will watch over each and every person that is in this building today. We've got a lot of folks here today. Hallelujah. And all the ones who are on the Internet. Lord, let them feel your presence. For you said there is fullness of joy at your right hand are blessings forevermore. And you will show us the pathways of life. Lord, we need you to do that for us. These are dark days, dear God. But with the light of Jesus, we're seeing our way through. We're seeing things getting better. And we thank you, Lord. Lord, please take the COVID completely away. And we thank you for diminishing its effect already. May it continue. And we give you the credit and the scientists. But, Father, it's in you that these things occur. In you that we live. In you that we move. In you that we have our being. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you will bless all of your children around the world. Especially those right now who have been devastated by storms. The people down in Texas, dear God, need you desperately. In Mississippi and other places in the south, they have suffered unbelievable damage and harm. Even death because of these storms. Heal them up, Lord. We are your people called by your name. Heal us up, dear God. Heal our lands, Lord, wherever we are, whoever we be. Who lift up the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask today that you will bless the message that comes forth today and that we may benefit from it and take it out into the world and strengthen others by it. Lord, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in thy sight. We thank you for being our strength. We thank you for being our redeemer. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, CTC family, I'm Debbie. And I'm Bill, and here's this week's news. Family Promise is a ministry to homeless families in our community. This ministry provides housing and meals to families who are trying to get back on their feet. This is a commitment that our church has made to help in showing the love of Jesus to everyone. Now the ministry of Family Promise needs our help. Joy Greenlee, who has been the CTC coordinator for a number of years, has moved and is no longer able to continue in that position. So while we search for a more permanent replacement for Joy, we need someone who would step in and fill this role in the interim. The job includes coordinating our efforts as a church to provide meals for four weeks during the year. If you're interested in finding out more information about this, contact Lynn Poindexter at lpoindexter at ctcde.net or call the office and ask for extension 45. Prayer is an essential part of the DNA of a Christ follower. As a church, we prioritize prayer and attempt to facilitate prayer for the needs of our family. COVID has obviously made it more difficult to gather for in-person prayer. Pastor Vaughn and Gwen Montague host an online prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on Zoom. Join us for this important time of prayer, support, and fellowship. Follow the Zoom meeting ID number on your screen. As a part of our ongoing commitment to seeing that everyone has a chance to experience the love and compassion of Jesus, our Ellesmere campus serves as a hub for receiving food donations for the community. When donated items come in, the office staff will take time to sort them. Items that are easily opened and consumed, such as cans with a pull tab, are placed in the box at the road on Clifton Avenue. Other items are taken to the Marshallton Church for distribution from there. 
You can drop off food donations at the Ellesmere Campus office Monday through Thursday from 9 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. or during service times. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.church or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the Bear Campus office at 302-836-2862 or the Ellesmere Campus office at 302-998-4584. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.net or if you are worshiping online, you can click the request prayer button at the bottom of your screen. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. Good morning. Good morning to everyone in the room and to our online congregation. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house on this day, because great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. God is so worthy of our praise. And he woke us up this morning and we get a chance to come and sit at his feet and hear a word from him to sing songs to him and to offer prayers to him. I'm, I'm just so overwhelmed by how much God loves us and gives us an opportunity just to give back to him a measure of the great love that he so generously bestows toward us. So you know we always, as a household of faith, want to connect with our congregation, whether you're in the room or online. So on your table, you will see a connect card, and I'm asking that you write down the name of every person at your table who or who are with you at your bench. If you're online, there is a virtual tab where you can click connect and complete the same information. The connect card also offers an opportunity to write down prayer requests because we know that we always have an obligation to pray for each other and with each other. Also, if you're new here, if you're a first time new here person, please Stop in the message center, the welcome center. I'm making up names now. In the welcome center, which is outside of the celebration room on your left. If you're new here and you're online, please click new here. And the church will reach out to you in a special way after service. If you desire prayer, You have the opportunity to also write on your giving envelope, which are on your tables. You can change demographic information. You may write prayer request, and you may also offer a contribution to the Lord. If you're online, there is a giving tab, and you may do the same things. You may write prayer concerns, change your information, And give back to the Lord a portion of what he has given to us. Because we do know that everything we have is from the Lord, right? And it is our responsibility to give back to the Lord generously a portion of what he has given to us. So that our work in this world is a tangible piece of God's generosity to us. And it helps spread the kingdom message. So if you will, please.
please stand with me as we pray over the offering and pray for the message. All praise to you, dear God. You are the loving Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who by your great mercy we are saved because you raised Christ from the dead. We thank you for that, Lord, because you doing that reconnected mankind to you because you no longer saw the sin that is abundantly all through us. Our sins, our transgressions were wiped away by the raising of your son from the dead for those who call him Savior. So we thank you, Father God, for, for providing an eternal plan for us. We ask, dear Lord, that as your representatives, as your children, as the joint heirs of heaven with Christ our Savior, that you let your light so shine in us that others may see your good works. We thank you, Father God, for the gifts that we are given in terms of an offering. We ask that you bless it. We ask that you multiply it, and we ask, Lord, that in the name of Jesus, that it be used to further your works. So that those who do not know you will come to you in the pardon of their sin. And we ask, Lord, that you just bless it. And now, Father God, as we prepare for the word, we thank you in advance for the work that that word will do in our lives. Let the scales fall away from our eyes and let our ears be opened as our pastor tells us a little more about you. Father God, as we have the opportunity to go deeper. We ask, Lord, that as you're lifted up, that all men are drawn unto you. And Father, when we leave this place, please let us touch someone's life in the way that you would have it touched. For those who are struggling, for those who just need to hear about you, Lord, please let us be your ambassadors. Father, we love you. We love you always. We love you through our mountain high moments and when the sun is shining. And we love you, Lord, when we're in the pit of a valley because we know that you are with us. Father, we thank you for every good thing. We thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit to live righteously. And Father, we know that living righteous is doing your will as Jesus reveals it. So we thank you for that. And we thank you for your sweet Holy Spirit that moves throughout this place. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated.
Good morning, and I welcome all of you here. It's so wonderful to see so many of you here this morning in the room. Thank you for being brave, coming out in the cold, and uh, gathering together. We've been waiting. I think this is the biggest in-person crowd we've had for an entire year. That's amazing. And uh, we thank, thank God for that. Great to see so many of you, and uh, pray God continues to keep you safe as we learn how to get on with our lives and and move and work and live together, uh, keeping safe, and we're trusting God for all things. We do pray for those who are sick. We pray for uh, us as a country, as a nation, that we will be well, healthy, and uh, that God will bless us, that we might be prosperous in the way that God wants us to be and give the praise and the glory to Him. So thank you for being with us here in the room. And thank you for being online with us. Uh, it's good to be able to gather together. And uh, I want to just another, make another plug for our Beyond meeting, which is changing times today. That's the time for us to gather together. Think of it this way as just kind of a fellowship space, uh, a space to get together and talk and share things together, but online. And it's after the, after the message this morning. Uh, and again, we'll be repeating uh, our service at 11 o'clock online. There's not a... There's not a uh, in-person uh, 11 o'clock service, but we're resuming our 11 o'clock service online. You can join us there. But beyond is at 12, 12.15, something like that. You can log on to the Zoom meeting, and there's information about that uh, in the online chat. So glad that you're here this morning. We're starting a new series today called From the Inside Out. Jesus changes us from the inside out. And we, we want to, to be changed and transformed by Jesus. And so this series, Inside Out, looks at um, messages from Jesus from his Sermon on the Mount. And uh, as, the, as the, the graphic says, just point to it, Inside Out from the lessons from the Mount, Jesus gathered people together. This, these stories come from the book of Matthew. Uh, they're not stories. They're just statements that Jesus said. The very beginning of his message to these people uh, on the Sermon on the Mount, it says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. Do you realize your need for God? Every day, we who have faith, we actually, those of us who don't have faith, we need to be realizing our need for God. We need God just like we need breath. Pastor Vaughn mentioned that, alluded to that in his prayer. We need God just like we need water. Uh, my daughter Emily was given a plant by her now fiancé. Uh, Emily doesn't like to receive flowers because flowers die. So here's a young man that was falling in love with my daughter, and he did a good thing. Instead of buying her flowers, he bought her a plant (laughs) so that it could grow and it could last. Well, what we didn't know is that Emily doesn't have a real green thumb. (laughs) And so that plant was in a little pot, and it was a morning glory, and it was a small one intended for a pot. So I made a little trellis for it to grow up, and Emily, and it grew. And every now and then, I would go into Emily's bedroom and water the plant (laughs) so that it would grow. And it would be nearly dead. 
And I'd water it a lot, and it would grow a little bit more, and Emily would wind the vines around the trellis that I built, and it was there. Every day, that plant needed to be watered. Or if not every day, at least a little bit, if not every day, every couple of days, that plant needed water every day. We need to realize our own need for the presence of God. And if we're not realizing our need for God's presence, we're not getting the nourishment that we need to live the life that God wants us to live. And you don't have to believe in God for that to be true, because that is a truth regardless of your beliefs. We are people who were created to live in a relationship with God, and unless we are being nurtured by that relationship and that Holy Spirit, we are missing out on something, and we are at risk. Jesus said, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for Him. Why does He say, well, let's see. I want a a quote from John Wesley, who is founder of what is now the, the Methodist Church, and there are many, many different types of Methodists. But back in the 1700s, John Wesley said this, Blessed are those who are poor and realize their need for him. Oh, no, John, thank you. Thank you for John Wesley's quote, because that's what I was talking about. John Wesley said, this is what it means to be poor in spirit. It is a just sense and this is 1700 language, I know, a just sense. We don't want to talk about that. A, a right sense, a deep sense, a clear sense of our inward and outward sins. There's something that we're not doing right in our life. And the word sin, the most basic definition we can get for the word sin is to miss the mark. And all of us have missed the mark of our lives. If we're not living in a relationship with God, we're missing the mark. Because just like that plant was created to need water every day, and when that, wa- when that plant doesn't get what it needs for every day, it's not going to live the life that that DNA inside that plant knows that that plant can do. You were created for a relationship with God, and when you miss that mark, that is sin. And sins can be specific things. Sins can be um, just general things, missing the mark. So John Wesley says, this poor in spirit means that it is a clear sense, a just sense of our inward and outward sins and of our guilt and helplessness. We need God. Jesus says, blessed are those who are poor and realize their need for him. Why? Now we get to the second part of that verse. Because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. This is the consequence. The consequence of being poor in spirit is that the kingdom of heaven is ours. Now that's different than what we human beings think is the consequence of sin, right? (laughs) The consequence of being poor in spirit is that the kingdom of heaven is ours. We sang in a song earlier today, the presence of the Lord 
Help me out. Help me with the words. Somebody who, uh, somebody on the praise team who can hear me. Who's here? Who knows the words? Bill or Debbie, wherever you are. In God's presence, heaven and earth become one. We sang that. That's what this song is saying. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And it's not that when we have faith in Jesus Christ, when we trust in him in that way, it's not that, okay, from this moment, I have to wait until I die and go to heaven to experience the kingdom of heaven. No, that's not what it's saying. It's saying the opposite. When we have our faith in Jesus Christ, when we realize our need for God, then (laughs) the kingdom of heaven comes to us right here. Right now, in this world, even in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of businesses failing, perhaps my business failing, in the midst of my cancer, the kingdom of heaven, all that is God, all that God has, all that God wants for us is ours now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. They own it. We have it. We possess it. Now let's live in it. (laughs) Right? It's like living in a, starving and living in a kitchen of a five-star restaurant. You got everything in that refrigerator. And you're complaining that you're still hungry? (laughs) It's not God's fault you don't open that door and help yourself. We live by our just by our sheer realization that we need God. We are in the presence of the heavenly kingdom right now. Last week, confession time. Last week, I had a, a fight with my boss. Now you think I'm I'm talking about Jesus. No, I'm talking about my earthly boss. And I have one. In many of the churches that I have been in, many of the people treat the pastor as if every one of the people in the church is the pastor's boss. So there are times for pastors when we have hundreds of bosses. (laughs) Sometimes if we're in a small church, we have ten bosses. However many people are there. But I'm talking about... The, the pastor who has direct supervision of me and my ministry in the United Methodist Church. I was bothered by something that came out. And I decided that I would confront my superior. I should hear some uh-ohs. <laughs> and as I've told this story this week, I, uh, I did get those kinds of groans. And sometimes people did say to me, Roger, you don't go back up the chain. But there was something in my spirit that was bothered. And, I, and I'm one of those people that thinks, okay, we need to work on things so that we'll, we'll all become a better organization because of it. And I do believe that. I, we need to confront things. We can't be so passive that we just let things go. And so I took the gumption to confront my superior. And as you can imagine... It didn't go so well. (laughs) And that's not my boss's fault. Yes, he has responsibility for how he responds to me. But as I confronted him, he also confronted me, which 
I kind of expected that. And that conversation didn't end real well. Because in part, I was not yet realizing my need for God in that conversation. I knew that after that conversation happened, we needed to have another conversation. I also knew that I was the one that needed to get in my place as a subordinate to him. And I needed to make that phone call. And if I had waited for him to make that phone call, it probably never would have come. Maybe someday it would have. But I knew that it needed to happen. And so I needed to make a change. I needed to be the one to make that phone call to him. So a couple of days passed and I and I um, called. He didn't pick up. I left a message wondering if he would call me back. And at this point, I said, well, if he doesn't call me back, it's on him. <laughs> and he called me back. This time we had a very different conversation. Because in the time that passed, I had realized, God, you have placed both my superior and me in ministry in this organization for the sake of the gospel. And we can't accomplish what you want us to do if we're at enmity with one another. And there's not unity in the church. Lord, I realize that if I am going to accomplish what you want me to do, I need you to help me face myself and be honest with myself and what I'm doing and what I'm saying and how I say it. And God blessed us. And I'm not bragging on myself. I'm confessing. <laughs> Because I needed God to be in me during those days after I confronted him and I knew that I had to go back to him and say, all right, let's work this out. I'm sorry for the way I disrespected you. There are things that I think there are always things that we can improve. But in the second conversation, I didn't bring any of that stuff back up. <laughs> I said, we just need to move forward with this. And I got a likewise response. And a mutual appreciation for one another and an understanding and, a, and, an, a, a, and an affirmation of the gifts that God has given to each one of us and an affirmation of the hierarchy that we are in. And we human beings, we need hierarchy. We need organization. We need accountability. That's just part of the human world that we're in. But God blessed us. There's a little picture of Lego fighters fighting and... Uh, there it is. I had a fight with my boss. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't look at the colors. <laughs> colors don't matter. Because we're all human. And we have to all realize our need for God. And when we do, rejoice, because then the kingdom of God is ours. I want to look at the Bible for some examples of people who became poor in spirit. And to do that, we're going to look at the book of Luke, chapter 18. 
And in the book of Luke, chapter 18, I know that you know, I'm going from the book of Matthew and how Matthew tells the story about Jesus to the book of Luke. But these are both followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus, who witness Jesus, the same Jesus. And as they tell the story of Jesus, they each have a slightly different perspective and things to say about Jesus. And there are many times in the Gospels where they're talking about the same thing or the same event. So we're going to look at three, three examples. All of them come from the book of Luke, chapter 18, starting with verse 10. And we read this. It says, two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee. The other was a despised tax collector. I wonder if there are some young people here who want to help illustrate and kind of act this out. I don't know. We've got Colin and Catherine and... A, oh, Avery, <laughs> and and if there, I don't know, Nathan, if you want to help me with this, anybody want to help me? Colin, you want to come up? Come on, Colin. We'll see who we can who we can get. So we're going to tell the story of two men who are praying, and you get to be one man. Stay there. We're going to stay six feet away. Okay. Oh, here comes Catherine. Yay, Catherine. You you can stand with Colin, Catherine, stand right beside Colin, and I'm going to be, oh good, we've got Nathan come up here. Nathan and I, we're going to, if I put my microphone on, it'll or I put my mask on, it'll mess up my microphone. So we're just going to stay, I'm just going to stay a distance, you keep your mask on. And uh, we're going to be the Pharisees, and I want you to do what I do, okay? We'll do it together, all right? And you guys are going to be... You're called a tax collector. You know, your daddy likes money, right? Yeah, yeah. And so we're going to be kind of like your daddy. But your daddy is, is generous mostly with his money. <laughs> and, but you guys, I want you to be, you, as, as tax collectors, there are many people who don't like you because you take their money and don't give it away to anybody else. So, so a lot of people don't like who you are and what you're doing. So the Bible says that they were despised, they were hated by others. But both the tax collector and the Pharisees over here are going to pray to God. And this is how the Pharisees pray. You ready? We're going to stand up and I'm going to, let me get, let me, let me get my uh, notes here. And the Pharisees, you've got to get your hands out of your pocket because Pharisees stand up. And they put their hands up to God like this. <laughs> Say, oh, Lord, as if we're as if we're shoving boxes up onto the God's shelf. Oh, Lord, I am so important. And thank you for making me who I am. What else does he say? He says, thank you, God. For being. That I'm not like those people over there. So we point to those people over there. I'm not like those people who cheat. And they steal. And I am so important, God, because I fast. You're doing a great job, Nathan. I fast twice a week. And I give to you a whole tenth of my income. Get in our pockets and we pull out a whole tenth. Let's say let's say we got we, we got a million dollars and we pull out just one part of that, but we still got nine hundred thousand left. 
And so we're going to live on that. God, I'm so good. Thank you for making me so good. All right. Thank you, Nathan. You can sit down. Good job. And just after that prayer went up to heaven, this is what those cheaters did. It says, but the tax collector stood at a distance. Let's go at a distance. Let's let's step back. Tax collector stood at a distance. Dared not even lift his eyes. You know how sometimes when we pray, we close our eyes and we bow our heads? Because of the tax collector. And he was being humble and he was saying, God, I can't even look at you. And he says, he dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest. Go like this. He beat his chest. (laughs) And he said, oh, God, say, oh, God, oh, God. Be merciful. Be merciful to me. Because I am a sinner. Yeah, we have to realize when we do things wrong. Colin, do you ever realize sometimes when you do things wrong? Oops. Don't answer the question out loud. I don't want to embarrass you. We all do. We all do. Thank you guys for coming up and helping me tell that little part of the story. Which one of these people realized their need for God? This one over here realized God needed him. (laughs) Oh, God, you need me to show all these bad people how to live their lives. Thank you, God, for making me so wonderful. Oh, God. You don't need me to do anything. But I need you. I need you, God. It's pretty obvious which one realized their need for God. Let's go. Luke tells that story. And then immediately Luke says, Jesus told this story. It says, one day some parents brought their little children to Jesus so that he could touch and bless them. But when the disciples saw them, they scolded the parents The disciples scolded his parents for bothering Jesus. Then Jesus called for the children and said to the disciples, let the children come. Don't stop them. How many times have we heard this? If we've gone to Sunday school or we're in a Bible study class and we're just reading this passage and we're saying, then Jesus Jesus called for the disciples. And he said to the disciples, oh, Oh, let the children come. I don't think he said that. What in the world are you doing? You're keeping from me the very ones that I want you to bring to me. Let the children come. Which of those do you think he said? Which way do you think he said it? Eh, It might depend on who who he's talking to sometimes. Let the children come to me. Don't stop them because the kingdom of... Heaven, the kingdom of God, as Luke puts it, belongs, belongs. Remember in Matthew, it says, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. 
For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Will never have it. We have a picture of, the, we have a picture of some children. Did we put that up yet? Look at these children. What a beautiful picture. I don't know where these children came from. I don't know where they live. I don't know who they are. Thank you, Jesus. What does it mean to come to the Lord like children? Look at these children. What are they desiring in this picture? Remember I said those, blessed are those who realize their need for God. Blessed are these who realize. What is it that they're reaching for? They're longing for. What do their eyes say? It says to me, I want to be with you. Think of what do, how do children respond when their parents come? You've seen on TikTok, seen videos on the Internet of children watching daddy or mommy come home from work. I want to be with you. Is this how you approach God? Do you realize your need for God? Do you desire to be with your heavenly Father? Jesus teaches us who are the poor in spirit. Children are easily poor in spirit because they realize their dependence on others. A third example. The next passage of Scripture. Luke chapter 18, starting with verse 18. Once, Jesus said, a religious leader asked Jesus this question. Good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus asked, why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must honor your father and mother. Ah, The man replied. Remember the Pharisee over here? The man replied. Oh, I have done all these things. Jesus said, there's still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And then come and follow me. The man had not yet realized his need for Jesus. When he had all these things... He had not yet realized his need for Jesus. Why? All these things got in the way of him realizing his need for Jesus. And I think we do the same thing. We do it with our intellect. We do it with our will. We do it with our money. We do it with our skills. Lord, I can pound that nail into the into that wood and I can build a house. I don't need your help to build a house. Lord, I'm smart. I got a doctorate degree. I know everything there is to know. I don't need to know about the Lord. You don't realize your need for God. Go. Sell all you have. And then come and follow me. Jesus is teaching something radical. So Jesus said, go sell all you have. Give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. 
I'm going to back up to that phrase. You will have treasure in heaven. Remember what Matthew said? Blessed are those who are poor in spirit because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But, verse 23 says, when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was very rich. What are you rich in? And that to be just money. And on what are you relying? Have you realized your need for God? And Jesus saw that he was sad. And Jesus said how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Isn't that what I just said? These things that we are rich in get in our way from experiencing the fullness of the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't mean the things are bad. It doesn't mean that we have to get rid of them. It doesn't mean that I lose my intellect. It doesn't mean that I ignore all the information that I have learned over the years. Or that I stop doing and using all the skills that I have acquired. But it does mean that I turn control of them over to the Lord. And I let go of them. How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And those who heard this says, then who in the world can be saved? And Jesus replied, what is impossible for people is possible with God. And Peter said, we left our homes to follow you. Yes, Jesus said, and I assure that everyone who has given up house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid many times over in this life. In this life. Remember Matthew again? Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They will be repaid many times in this life and will have eternal life in the world to come. Trust it. (laughs) This is the economy of God. Here's a picture of a woman who has turned away and is running down the road. That man was so sad, he could not do what Jesus told him to do. And he turned and he walked away from Jesus. Don't walk away from Jesus. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the way. That is not the way. But Jesus is the way. Again, John Wesley says, poor in spirit begins where a sense of guilt and wrath of God ends. What? Poor in spirit begins where we have a sense that our guilt and wrath of God is imminent in our lives. It is right here, right now. But when we realize our need of God, that guilt That awareness of God's wrath coming right upon me stops. And what starts is the kingdom of heaven. God's love. Many people think they're very far away from God because of what they said, what they've done. 
But in their realization that I have absolutely blown it, I have lost it, I don't know which way to go, my life is my fault. In that moment, you are the closest you've ever been to God's love. Turn around and don't walk away from God. Don't walk away from Jesus. Grab hold of him. Trust him. Say, Jesus, I believe that your death on the cross forgives my sins. Me missing the mark that you have for my life. And I'm sorry that I've missed the mark. I do it every day. And Jesus is calling us to realize our need for him just like I need to breathe the air. Just like I need, like a garden, to be watered every moment. And let's go back to that quote from John Wesley. He says, begins where a sense of guilt and wrath of God ends. And this poor in spirit is a continuing sense of our total dependence on him for every good thought, word and work. It is a sense of our utter inability to do all good unless, look at this phrase, unless he water us every moment. Water us every moment. John Wesley writing this in the 1700s. What are you talking about? Help us understand this. He's quoting the Bible. He's quoting the book of Isaiah. So let's look and see what he says. Isaiah chapter 27 verses 2 and 3. And it says, On that day, a pleasant vineyard Sing about it. Now, what he's saying is that I am going to restore my people. And the, the, the prophets, like Isaiah, were always coming and they were giving one of two messages. It was a message of watch out. God is coming because you've turned away. And the second message is, but when you turn around, there is going to be love and new life. And so the prophet says, I, the Lord, am its keeper. A garden. Every moment I water it, I guard it day and night so that no one can harm it. Here's another picture. Imagine this. <laughs> I had to go back to children. Let the children come. And I don't know, this kid looks angry, but I don't think he's angry. I think he's discovered the joy of the water bursting out. And I think this is the way that God looks at us. Because he wants us he is joyful to be able to pour into us new life. So God, with his hose of life, <laughs> is saying, look, I've got new life for you. I'm not going to kill you. I want you to live. And I will water you every moment of every day if you will depend on me. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Trust in Him. Next steps. How will you respond to this good message that God gives to you? Here's some ideas. <laughs> Realize your need for God. Go ahead. Get there. Get there. The quicker you get there, the better off you are. Oh, Lord Jesus, I need you. Every day I need you. It's an old, old song. I need thee every hour. Every hour 
I need thee. O blessed Lord, my Savior, come to me. Admit your need of God. Trust Jesus to forgive that he has already forgiven your unfaithfulness and your disobedience to living the way God wants you to live. And ask God to come into you through his Holy Spirit. He will, he does, to give us life, new life, to guide us. Starts now. We don't have to wait. And give thanks that the kingdom of heaven is yours. Now and forever. I'd love for you to complete a, a connect card. Tell us, know, let us know if you've made that decision this morning. We'd love to pray with you. Maybe you can join us at 12, 1215 for the Beyond group. Meet some other people. We'll pray together. Talk about what it means to give up these things, to totally realize our dependence on God and encourage each other as we seek to live life in that way. And just request, request prayer from somebody if you're, if you're online. Hit the request prayer button. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, you're merciful and kind. Thank you, Jesus for your love that you give to us. Come now, Holy Spirit, and as we continue to worship you, as we sing, Lord, help each of us to be honest, to realize that even though we might be aware of your wrath coming down upon us, even though we may be aware of our need for you and our sense of guilt, Jesus, you take it all away. And in that moment, you begin pouring new life into us. Thank you, Jesus, for the salvation that you bring. Teach us, Father. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Would you stand as we worship together this morning? The front area is going to be open if you want to come and pray. Neil, if you want someone to come and pray with you. Uh, we are available, but let's worship the Lord this morning. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hand. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my I will sing of the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath. I will see of the goodness of God. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire. In darkest night, you are close like no other. I've known you as a father. Known you as a 
your love and your faithfulness and your grace and your mercy. And Lord, as we have begun this new series today and the simplicity of the teachings and the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, the meek, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, the persecuted. Great is our reward. Not because of us or anything that we have done or will do, but because of who you are. So, Lord, as you, over these next several weeks, as you pour these messages into us, we pray that you would remind us of your goodness, remind us of your faithfulness, and all that you are. Lord, we pray that you would send us from this place with your spirit rejoicing because of all that you are in us. We thank you for these moments together, whether in-house or online. God, we pray that you would send your blessing in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us today, whether you're in-house or worshiping with us online. God bless you. Go with God this week, and may he overshadow you with his presence in the name of Jesus. Goodness of God.